Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we're going to talk about the new three-game losing streak the Red Wings have found themselves in. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What you drinking, Scotty? I say take a sip of something. Oh, uh, it's literally water in a can. Oh, is that that liquid death stuff? It is. Yeah. I saw that one time on a shelf, and I thought it was going to be way better. Than really good water. Really? You like it? I wasn't a fan. Oh, yeah. I think it's great. I'm drinking a can of Coke at uh, 1130 at night. I mean, that's that's healthy. Yeah. I'm, I'm falling apart, buddy. <laughs> I am falling apart. I've been burnt out for a while. Burnt out on those Red Wings losing hockey games. Ayo, and that's how wow. you do it. Wow. That's how you do it. We're professionals. That's a pro right there. Yeah. You know, that's all we are. Uh, welcome back to Lockdown Red Wings Podcast. Uh, thanks for making us your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty also hosts at Lockdown Tigers, where things are starting to heat up. Cannot wait for April 8th. Tigers home opener. Can't it's wait. Be I'll lit. be there. You'll be there. I will. No, my invite must have gotten lost in the mail. Yeah, um, it was. <laughs> didn't even get a stamp on it. <laughs> we just so badly don't want to talk about this past weekend that we're just avoiding <laughs> it in any way possible. Okay, well, all right, all right, all right. So Sunday was a disaster. Let's not beat around the bush. Correct. Scotty, Sunday was a disaster. Absolute disaster. But Saturday. 12-30 game at Little Caesars Arena. The Red Wings lost 2-1 to one in overtime on a weak penalty in overtime where Bertuzzi tied Kucherov up and Kucherov fell and they called it, it called a penalty. Kucherov didn't even probably have the fall with the embellishment to me. Trying, you know, obviously the Penguins game, it being Sunday evening when we're recording this, is fresh in our mind, but trying to look prior to that, to the Saturday game, that game showed a lot more effort and heart than what we saw on Sunday. And that was more typical of what we had been seeing from the Red Wings all season long. And the Delkovich in that game, again, not talking about Penguins game, the Delkovich against the Lightning played phenomenal. And it was really um, it was really good to see him continue at that point in time <laughs> to build on uh his, you know, back on his confidence. And then of course Pittsburgh came in and railroaded him and he got pulled after two periods and seven goals against. But the, the game against the Lightning, man, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard to talk about it because that, that Penguins game is fresh in our mind, but the game against the Lightning was a lot more competitive, shall we say. Well, it's hard to be less competitive. Yeah, uh, true. But, but, but yeah, no, I mean, that, that was not only was that a super competitive game till the very end, obviously, but. You know what just happened? I went to take a sip of my Coke and the pop tab Pull the mustache hair out. <laughs> How, dude? That hurt. <laughs> That's the fastest clip of my life. I'm clipping this instantly. Okay. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm glad we're having fun on this somber event. <laughs> now let's go take a sip. You can do it. Oh, there you go. That's a good sip right there. It's yeah, definitely you more it. like like I was a very very much more aware of how I was drinking that time. Um, but no. 
yeah. I mean, like, okay, so so obviously it was much more competitive because Sunday's game was a joke, but uh I mean that's that's competitive against a, a, a damn good team. And I, I thought that they played up, they looked really fast. I mean the, the the boys looked really fast on Saturday. I was very impressed with with how sharp everybody looked. A lot better passing. Still the same issues we've kind of always had, but we were able to overcome them. Ned was great. Um, and then I I don't know if it was like, a, oh, we used all our energy to, to you know, in the, all of our energy and effort into, into game one. So game two was just always going to be a, a a bleep show. Or if, um, or if I don't know what else, if, if it was some other reason, but uh, it seems to me like they, they looked really sharp and really fast against, you know, the, the back-to-back champs that are arguably the best team in hockey again this year. And because they, they built that one up, they, uh, they, they didn't look at all really past the schedule. And, and I guess Sunday was Sunday. But if we're just focusing on Saturday, great game against a great team. Yeah, and what was really shocking to me is the Red Wings like to give up a lot of goals, as we've seen. And the Lightning score a lot of goals. And through two periods, shots were like 15-15 against. Now, Tampa had an edge in the quality of the shot attempts taken, as seen on the expected goals for percentage for each period. Uh, the Red Wings just barely had the edge in the first, but it was all Lightning in the last two. But it was a really it was a neutral zone game. A lot of shots didn't make it through to the goaltending. It was, it was a good, even battle against a really stellar team who we talked about in our quick preview on uh, Friday was at that time fourth in the Atlantic, now shot back up to second. That's how tight that, that top four in the Atlantic division is. I mean, that's a really damn good Lightning team, and they played well against them, and they, they held them to zero goals until with like five minutes left in the third period. That's the most stunning part. Again, Nadelkovich played insane. I think he had um, I think he had 24. Five saves against in this game. That might be at just five on five. Uh, let me make double check on that. Make sure I get that right. He had 36 shots against and 34 saves at all strengths and only let two goals against one of which was in overtime on a four on three penalty kill. So I'm not giving him any crap for that. So he played great in that game. And part of the reason they did that Oscar Sunquist had a goal. That was awesome to see the uh, third period gave the Red Wings a lead. You know, that's his second goal in two games with the Red Wings. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even though the one was an empty netter. So he's not known for scoring, but it's nice to see the new, new, new blood, get some, uh, get some scoring in there. But other than that, like it was a good game and um, we were really upset about the Penguins game. So <laughs> I don't know how much more I want to talk about the lightning game, man. I, it's so I mean, hard like, to talk positive right now. It, I don't know. Some like some of it's all about just just perception. Like if the games were flipped, would be a lot happier, right? Like that. It's like okay, like oh, I mean, they had a good bounce back game, right? It would be all, you know, like you said, it would, it would be that. It would be oh, a bounce back game got blown out, came showed out against uh, you know one of the best teams, if not the best team in hockey. Like that's that's really good, but but it wasn't the other way around, was it? So no. uh, it's. I mean, like, I, I guess the the I thought the deep. How do I even word what I'm trying to say? The defensive play from the forwards was a lot better in that game, specifically, like noticeably better. I thought. Um, I, I thought that, uh, especially the top two lines played a lot better defensively than we have seen 
lately, to put it nicely. Uh, uh, and it's a good takeaway. Now, again, it's kind of all for null when 20 later, you, you don't even, you know, you, you play your defensive strategy as everybody pretending to be a traffic cone. Like, that's a that's a very different, you know, change of pace and not really as, as fun to be like, oh, look, this was really good Saturday. When on Sunday, you, you got you got embarrassed. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to it's hard to highlight good when those when you know for a fact that those goods lasted a day, right? Like if if we didn't play Sunday, we could be like, oh, like maybe we'll build on this. We could have some optimism. We'd be like, oh, maybe we'll build on it. Maybe down the road we'll be really good. And instead, Sunday happened. Yeah, it's just. It's just so incredibly hard to praise this team for anything that happened on Saturday in that hard-fought overtime loss at home when Sunday happened. Because any positives that you have to say about the team did not show up again on Sunday. And, you know, you got to wonder where it starts. I mean, this team's, the wheels have absolutely fallen off uh, the Detroit Red Wings wagon since mid-February. They were 500 team. In February, and now they've fallen all the way to 26, 32, and 8. Just, and and what was the statistic that Nolan tweeted out? It was in, they've given up three, there have been three games with nine plus goals in the last 14 games. Not great. It kind of leads me, we need to have, and it's hard to have any recap of these two games and this stretch in general without bringing up who's in charge and we're, we're going to try and save the majority of our conversation about said individual until tomorrow, because we want to try and recap the games themselves. But again, you can't recap the games without talking about said individual, um, namely head coach, Jeff Blaschel. Uh, but before we get into the penguins game, I got to talk to you guys today about built bar. Actually first, Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Got to talk to you guys today about Built Bar. You got to try their puffs if you haven't already, guys. If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro. Coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, so good. These are going to be your new favorite. Low calorie, high protein. Your candy bar, <laughs> replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Bill.com, they're all about taste. They make it taste delicious first and figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. So go to Bill.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bill.com. All right, Scotty, we, we tried our best. We talked good. We talked nice about the, uh, the wings there for like five minutes against uh, talking about the lightning, but we have to talk about this Pittsburgh Penguins game. Like I said, before the break, Nolan tweeted it out. The Red Wings have allowed nine plus goals in three games in the last 14. There is a difference 
between because I, I got a text. I got a text from a buddy of mine to just preface this. And he said, Do you think this is what do you think this is this is the Red Wings tanking? And I said, There is a difference between tanking and what is happening on the ice right now. One of them is a GM making a move, and one of them is poor coaching. And coaches don't tank. General managers tank. General managers make decisions on who, what player is going to play in, at the NHL level. Well, coaches are the ones who make the decision to call up, but general managers have a hand in that. General managers' job when they're tanking is to make sure a team isn't competitive by signing and trading players. A coach is going to go out there and try to win every single game. So if you're a coach, which has an improved roster and two Calder finalists on the roster, can't stop nine-plus goals in multiple games. If you go to seven-plus, it's even worse. Hell, if you go to five-plus, it's even worse than that. That shows that it's not tanking. It's just bad coaching. And it starts before the game even starts, Scotty. Before the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, before a goal was even scored five minutes into the game, another early goal against. Why the hell was Jacob Verana on the third line and Adam Ernie on the second? I don't know why you're asking me. <laughs> Goodness gracious. That, I mean, that was... That that was like you said. That it was it was before the game even started, and everybody's like, "What are we doing here? What are, like what are we talking about?" Jacob Jacob, Jacob Verona can ever since the day he became a Detroit Red Wing has been one of your most prolific goal scorers and just producers in general, right? Has yeah. has. Had a point in nearly every single game he's ever played in a ringed wheel uniform. Like, straight up. And he's back from injury. He's had top line minutes since coming back from the injury. And no, today we we said, you know what? We're going to... It, it just... It, it doesn't make sense. It does... It, it continues to not make sense. He is, again, he, he is one of your most prolific goal, goal scorers. He is one of your most consistent producers. Since he was traded to this organization, there is no reason for him to not be getting top six minutes and also not be on your top line of your freaking power play. What are we doing? What? None of it makes sense. It's a no. joke, honestly. And, and I joke. recognize, too, that once the game got going, lines got changed, and he was, wasn't on the third line the entire game. But the fact that this isn't the first time it's happened is what makes it such an atrocity. Atrocity. This man has 21 games played at the Detroit Red Wings. In 21 games, he has 19 points. He has been a consistent scorer on the top six his entire tenure. Tonight, or this game against Pittsburgh Penguins, he had a goal and an assist. So he had a point on each of both of the two goals. So why is he continued to get slotted down on the, the third line, even if it's just to start games? Even if it's just to start games. This is just poor coaching. And we have been, or I have been, more so than you, because we've talked about our mindsets on the whole Jeff Blaschel situation in the past. I've been a Jeff Blaschel defender. I said, you know, years prior, he didn't really have, you know, the talent. Let's see what he can do with the talent. And then the team was overperforming. In reality, four players were overperforming. You had Lucas Raymond, 
Moritz Sider, and then you had Nedeljkovic for the first three, you know, two thirds of the season playing out of his mind. And you had Dylan Larkin, make it five with Tyler Bertuzzi. Those five players were playing out of their mind. And now their hot streaks have really come to an end. Not that they're still not good. They're still all good players, but they were on fire for right. like the first half of the season. Now that they're kind of like just, they're finding their, like the water's finding its level. You find out how shallow this team is. And you have talent in Jacob Rana who just came back and you decide to slot him on the third line. You need, yes, you need depth, but you don't put top end talent like that down on the third line. That's just not acceptable. And that's the word. That's the phrase. It's, it's undefendable at this point. Indefensible. Yep. It's, it's, I, I am baffled and I, I am just at a loss for words at this point as to why, when your team is playing so poorly and it's not, and I keep going back to it because people will say, Oh, they're tanking for a top pick again. GM's tank coaches don't. And even if you are tanking, giving up six, seven, Eight, nine, ten, or for the first time in nineteen goddamn years, eleven goals in a game. Like that's not, that's not tanking. That's just bad coaching. That's just bad player management. Like I, I don't care how bad the defense is, Scotty. The defense isn't so bad to give up eleven goals tonight. The defense isn't so bad to give up ten goals last night. You know, or no they didn't give up 10 goals last it, night. But you know what I mean? Like they've just been times in the last two weeks. Like, they've played Toronto two Three. times in the last couple months. And it's been 10 goals against and 7 goals against. That's not acceptable. No, it's not. And, so, and, like, Ned's definitely not that bad. We've seen Ned perform much better. And while the defense has been the biggest problem all year, I, I have a hard time believing any – NHL D. I mean, this isn't like, this isn't. Oh my goodness! Like the Wings are going to break a record for the lowest amount of points in a in a season. Like this isn't a horrible, horrible Red Wings team. This is a team that was at or around five hundred for a majority of the season, and then just implosion. Yeah, I mean the wheels came off, and that's why I go back to Scotty. I think that a lot, a lot of the success came, and we, we we joked about it earlier in the season, actually. And now I'm thinking about it, I'm like not looking at it in such a positive light. In the past, I joked, Scotty, like how many of these games have the rookies literally won the Red Wings? And I looked at it like a positive thing because it is. I mean, these are rookies that are coming out here and winning you games. But then when you you're on a losing streak like you're like this, you're like, oh my god, like these rookies playing so well, and Dylan Larkin playing so well is all that's winning us hockey games. They're the only thing winning us hockey games. And so once Nadalkovich can no longer stand on his head, and again, against tonight against the Penguins, or last night against the Penguins by the time you're listening to this, did not have a good game. Not defending Nadalkovich's performance at all. But just like every time, not helped out by the team in front of him by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, once... you got to imagine some of that has to do with... He's been standing on his head all season long. In behind a defense that just has more at cider and sometimes Mark Stahl. Like, the, the, I mean, the, this just, the wheels were almost bound to fall off at some point. You yeah. Know? I mean, yes, they, they weren't even really ever on. It was, it was like, you know, in the cartoons when like, 
you you see that broken down cartoon car and yeah. like the the wheels are like inflating and deflating and it's wobbling all over the place and the, that's what it was it was it wasn't ever a, a ferrari at any point but it was barely together and now the cartoon explosion with the you know dollar sign and the exclamation point and the big cloud of smoke is happening yeah it's just and the Adam Ernie and Jacob Rana thing just continues to frustrate me too because they're so. Man, I don't even have anything against Ernie. I love. No, Ernie. I don't. But like, he's not a top. He's not a top ahead of Verona. What are we doing? I mean, uh, it just it, it 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 frustrates me to no end because when you look at their like relative Corsi or relative expected goals for percentage, like really get an idea of how they're contributing to their individual team. Adam Ernie is just playing on much more mitigated minutes down on the, on the bottom line it has really not been that good in comparison to Jacob Vrana's, excuse me, 13.49% this season. 13.49 relative expected goals for percentage to Adam Ernie's three. That's still positive in Adam Ernie's favor. Again, it's not, this isn't a slam piece against Adam Ernie by any stretch of the imagination, but Adam Ernie's also playing bottom six minutes where you would hope that he's got a positive expected goals for percentage playing against worse competition. Jacob Verana has got a 13% expected goals for uh, percentage relative to his teammates. He is a finisher. The dude scores goals against the Pittsburgh Penguins. He had a night. He picked the pocket of the defender and slid it five hole. Like that's just what the guy does. And you, you're going to slot him on the third line multiple times. It's just not right. It's absolutely not right. I'm so frustrated right now with how this team's playing. And like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it for all of us. Oh, you want to see the? Sh- you you want to look at the heat map? Let's talk about the game itself, <laughs> not just the, the Blashill coaching decisions, because we're gonna talk more about him tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> this is all situations. Uh, I mean. <laughs> I mean, th- go on. <laughs> it's, it's difficult. Um, Guys, the entire Red Wings defensive zone is just one big red map. Like the entirety of in, in front of the goalie circle, the entirety of, of everything on both sides filled up to like half way right at like the equivalent of the the face-off dot there is all red i mean my goodness man so if there's any redeeming factor you could say about this game it's that the red wings took a lot of shots they did did they outshoot them did they end up out shooting them uh the red wings had 35 i'm still sharing the screen uh the red wings had 35 shots against or shots for well the it's thirty five to thirty five actually exactly time. Okay. I know that they so, were they were leading a majority of the game like they were leading most of the second and third period when we were getting obliterated. Yeah, so they had the edge in quality shot attempts in the first and second period. So I mean that's again why like you you talk about this game and yeah the coaching decisions were awful but Ned did play awful and the defense played awful and the forwards played awful defensively. But hey, they had the advantage first and second period in shot attempts. Cool. And, that, and by the way, 
expected goals for percentage, guys, reminder, is not shots. It's shot attempts. So it counts you know, shots that were blocked as well. So not even just the, the shots that made it through. I, what, what do you, I, I went on my rant, man. I went on my rant. Now I'm just exhausted. I'm exhausted with this team at the moment. Uh, yeah, like let's, let's go take a deep here? dive and, and do some great analysis on, a, on an 11-2 loss. So they gave up 11 against the Penguins. They gave up five against the Islanders. They gave up four to the Kraken. They gave up seven to the Oilers. They gave up six to the Wild. They gave up nine to the Coyotes. They gave up six to the Panthers. They gave up four to the Hurricanes. They gave up 10 to the Maple Leafs. They gave up five to the Avalanche. They gave up seven to the Wild. I can keep going, guys. They give up goals at a um, horrendous rate. That's the honestly awful. That, that you reading that is is I don't say this lightly. That is genuinely one of the most insane stats I've ever read in any sport in my entire life. That any hockey team you can list that many games consecutively. Well, they're not consecutive. I should say that I skipped over the one. No, like, well, oh, okay. I didn't mean consecutively in the yeah. sense that all the games were back to back. I meant consecutive, whatever, consecutively read them. The, yeah. uh, the, it's just remarkable that you can go through and, and pick out, like, I, I don't even know what, what you're supposed to, like, say to that. Like, I mean, that sucks. The Red Wings give up on average 3.8 goals a game for the worst in the league. You know what's crazy is like a month ago, maybe a little bit longer, we weren't the worst in the league in that. A month ago, they were 500. That too. That's that's the shocking part. Good that's point. the thing that we keep going back to, Scotty, is they, they continue – like it's just it's night and day, and you know we tried to be supportive and tried to not have knee jerk reactions to this this bad stretch they're on, but it's not just a bad stretch now. You know a bad stretch is like five or six games, which they had. They lost six straight games, then they won, and you're like, oh, it's over with. Well, here they are. They've lost three straight again, and each one's been, with the exception of the Tampa Bay Lightning loss, each one's been a shelling. So it's just. How much of it is bad roster? How much of it is bad coaching? You know, that's that is the question because yeah, yes. the defense is bad. And yeah, Nadelkovic hasn't had great games. Like but it's not that bad, you know? The the, def- the roster is not should not result in 11 goals against. In 11 in in nine or more goals three times in the last 3 weeks. It should not result in 11 goals against the, from the Penguins. It shouldn't result in nine goals against from the Coyotes. It shouldn't result in seven goals against from the Oilers. It shouldn't result in 10 goals against, against from the Maple Leafs. It's just that you cannot – the defense is bad, but it, it, ha, it also is, lies on the shoulders of coaching. And I don't know who – I mean, we know who to ultimately blame. It always falls on the shoulders of the head coach, but it could be just the coaching staff as a whole. And – you know, this season's been one of those seasons where, you know, the first half of the year when they the team was playing so well, 
comparatively to seasons prior, at least I was all like, okay, we'll keep him around for as long as the team keeps playing. But, and this is a conversation we're going to have tomorrow, but these are the types of games that get coaches fired. Well, there's been three of them in the last three weeks and he's still here. So yeah, that's, I, I'll the say conversation this for tomorrow. Uh, right. I'll, I'll say this. He's, he's not going anywhere before the game 82. I agree with that. It's not going to happen. I don't but know we'll talk. We'll do a full blast thing tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, anything about this game? <laughs> we kind of ranked it not. about the overall nope. thing. Uh, Larkin had a nice goal. That was cool. He did. He did. Do, do I want to go full masochist and look up the hockey stat card from today? You know, I mean, you could. Proud was literally chanting, we want 10, and then got it. And then another one. So. (laughs) Why does the uh, hockey stat card only list the Lightning Islanders Sabres Rangers game? They don't even want to talk about it. They're like, you know what, we're going to not even do this. We're, uh, we're legit. They did. We don't hockey want to stack card like that. <laughs> there, there's not a Penguins Red Wings stack card. Good. Only list two games. Good. That is amazing. I don't know if that's coincidence or like good, like implied. Ah, <laughs> uh, I feel a little bit better now, Scotty, having ranted. Well, I'm glad, man. Thanks. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow Thanks. with a new episode <laughs> talking tomorrow. about Jeff Blaschel more about Jeff Blaschel we kind of already talked about him today but we'll, we'll, we'll get back on that one tomorrow and Yeah. Back whether or not he should be here any further yes same time same place it's your team Every day. Every day.